0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile.
1: Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. And uh, we have a very interesting question today that someone asked you recently, which is, how do we know if our teams are any good?
0: Yes. So this person has a number of teams, and this person, by the way, I should preface, is not terribly technical himself. And uh, he has a number of teams that are located far away from him, and so he doesn't have much interaction with them, but he sees their output, and he would like to know... um, uh, are they in, in total doing well or is his team on track as his, his, his global team doing well? And he'd also like to know uh, which ones are better than others. Where should he take action? Uh, what should he do in order to improve them? He said, i interested in the, the relative performance of the teams, the quality of the output, ability to deliver to commitments and their, uh, ultimately their commercial value. And that sounded like a great question that we should have an answer for. I'm I'm sure we have a definitive answer that you measure this number and then it's 9.2 and it's good and it's 9.1 and it's bad, right, Jeffrey?
1: <laughs> well, if we have such an answer, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. If you have one, that let me know. I'd I'd love I'd love to hear it. My, Maybe my we'll think one up during the podcast. It, yeah, that would be great. But um, this is something that I've spent a lot of time on. I've I've created dashboards for teams, uh, sometimes as a, as products even, um, for people to use. And I, and I found a lot of value in having metrics and dashboards and whatnot, but my, um, experience was that it, it didn't answer the, the question in the way that people would like, it didn't, it didn't give me a scale to, to measure a team and say, okay, yeah, this, this team scores, you know, it's over 5,000, you know, we're, we're fine. Um. Instead, what I found was that if I had good metrics and good dashboards, it didn't give me answers, but rather it helped me ask good questions. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know if that's a possible starting point for
0: for what we might recommend. Well, my friend was actually saying exactly that. He said, well, look, I, if I, I, I'm i hungry, here's what he said in his email, if I'm I'm so hungry for some well thought out metrics to be able to have a more strategic and meaningful conversation. And that right. sounds like just the sort of thing that we would want to help him with. So, <laughs> let's see if we can figure anything out.
1: I know for for me one of the the, the questions I've used it, when I've been uh, a arm's length to a project, it's very different. By the way, if I'm if I'm in a team, if I'm embedded in a mm-hmm. team, uh, I, I would use a completely different approach. So this is really something about um, being uh, a, a bit away. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the most useful things I have found is the idea of a of a burn up chart um, is is something to say. Um, do we have a way to know essentially where are we are, how far are we through this project? Um, similar ideas, uh, or actually, I think this is exactly the same idea. It's called an earned value chart. Mm. Uh, although strangely, traditionally earned value charts don't actually show you earned value. They only tell you how much money you've spent, which is much less useful.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I noticed you said burn up chart and not burn down chart. So we might want to say very briefly what the difference is and refer people to uh, an article I've just found that they might want to read for the detail. Um, Very briefly, (laughs) the idea is that a burn down chart tells you um, as you get more and more of your features done and you're aiming towards some outcome, are if you continue at the same pace, where will you wind up? And this is most useful with a picture. So just um, it, it, don't do this if you're driving. But um, you know, type in burn, burn Down Chart into Google, and you'll find plenty of examples. And you'll see how you're predicting where you'll finish and, and whether you're ahead or behind. Um, but a burn up chart um, instead of going down toward the x axis goes up toward a line that can move and that allows you to change scope so you can say oh we forgot of something we need to add it in that means we're going to be later or hey we figured out something we don't need that means we can go a bit uh, get done a bit quicker
1: uh, that's right so burn up chart and burn down chart offer very similar characteristics and and but it, exactly as you say, the 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 burn up Chart uh, tends to uh, make it easier for people to think about how we might uh, adjust scope. Um, and also, we would use it to track when scope w- was added or removed
0: uh, on different projects. So, so, that was very, very useful. Mm-hmm. And and what that's telling you is whether the team is ahead or behind of the, the the current target for the project. That's assuming there's some kind of project that you're working on. That's assuming that you're um uh, you have some end date, you have some set of features, and when you're done with that, that'll that'll be version one or the the new app released, or you can put beta users on it. So the the burn up chart or burn down chart if you want to use that. Are, are useful, those project-based situations. But there might be places where you're maintaining, where you're experimenting with new things, and and then um you can still use similar tools but you don't have a kind of uh, enveloping project to use, so that makes them a little harder to use.
1: That, that's right. Now, what's you what was useful about a burn-up
0: chart is it helped me understand how things
1: are going for that project. But it, you see how this is very different than the, the question uh, that your friend asks, because it doesn't tell me in a sense how good is my um, this team, but what it what it does do is it helps me have a very uh, useful conversation about this project, and in terms of you know what what's going on, um, do we think we're likely to be on time uh, and with what we expected? Um, has scope changed in in some way? So as far as informing a conversation, uh, especially for a stakeholder who isn't in the day to day. Uh, it can be very useful. You can read things off the chart, like, oh, I, I see that the target moved up. We've added scope. Where, where did that come from? Why is that? Or you might say, um, I see that we, uh, this is one thing that I remember from a particular project happened. We might we say, oh, like, I noticed that this week there was nothing delivered. We, we seem to be behind now uh, what, where we'd expect to be if the project was on target and I could be reassured by people on the project. Oh yes, that's because, um, we had some things that, uh, we, we weren't able to finish and have them, uh, accepted by the end of the sprint. So, but now we, we have a bunch of things that we expect to all be accepted very early next week. So next week we should, we should get more points, more of our stories done than normal, and we should be back, uh, uh, on, on track. So that was a good example of where the, that the, the chart didn't give me the answer, but allowed me to ask the question to have a good exchange then with the people on the project.
0: Which is what my friend is after. And it does occur to me that um, if I step into his shoes for a moment, he might very easily say, and I have said this before to my chagrin, uh, well, actually I can compare teams because you just said something about points. Well, I can just tell, you know, they're doing more points than those guys are, or these guys are more on track than those folks. These folks are delivering early and these folks aren't. So can't I compare two teams that way? Ah, <laughs> well.
1: Um, you, you cer- yeah, exactly. Certainly, you can, and people have tried. Um, but in that way, uh, lies only madness, in my experience. Um, the the whole idea of story points, it, it, and this is uh, this is something that's well covered in agile literature. and I think um, it, my experience certainly has been that what we're trying to do with the idea of story points is to is to not have something that's comparable between or even between projects with the same team what we're trying to come up with is some empirical, uh, derived, um, outcome with what's our, what's our velocity in something that's only empirical and relative. In other words, it's only a, a function of how the people on this project, um, whatever biases they had when they made estimates, how does their actual performance compare to their estimates? And you see this is all very um, self-referential and says it's, it's it has to be the same set of people making this estimates of the same type of work and then performing that work. And that's what allows us to derive this sort of empirical relationship between points and time. Um, and then it then it allows us to make predictions about the future because we simply say we expect the past the future to be like the past. But there's nothing here that tells me it is this team actually any good? is what a different team? Have had um, gotten the project done sooner or later. There's. Um, it doesn't tell me if a different team would have um, broken it down differently, would have had more points or fewer. The, these things
0: are all or discovered um, a completely different way to do it, which would require um, much less, radically less time. There, yes, there's, or, there's not or, a way to discover that,
1: <laughs> or or much more. We should never never forget. There's many. Yeah, absolutely. More Could be much bad worse. Bad ways too. out yep. there. <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep. So the, there's um. The, the points feel like something. I think this is, this is really a really good point cause because it becomes very dangerous. We, we, if we forget what the points represent and the purpose, which is only about getting sort of relative um, progress and in a sense of relative consistency, um, it can start to feel like something that's directly comparable. And then we start to say um, things like, oh, well, this, this team is, is better than this other team because they do more points. And what, what, what happens is because the, the number of points a given story takes is under the control of the team, you start getting point inflation, where if, if, you, if you say that more points are better, guess what? We, we can always give you more points. You're not going to get any more
0: software. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'll be my friend again for a second. So we might say, okay, great. So now you convince convinced me that comparing story points across teams isn't helpful, but surely I can compare output. So your team's getting a lot more done. And uh, you know, you just got started on the project, and you seem to be going really slow. You don't seem to be getting it right. Whereas this other team's been going for months, and they're just blasting through. They're really predictable, and their times exactly right. And you know, uh, their uh, their burnup chart shows they're ahead. Shouldn't I move them over to do what your team's doing? Because your team probably doesn't know what they're doing. Well, you know, I, I, it's not it's not quite that straightforward, especially when you have different
1: um, different projects, or so might be doing very different kinds of work. So already you you that's makes it hard to compare, but also you might be at very sort of different stages in the project um one of the ideas I, I really like about agile and that you get with um um being able to to change your, your stories around is you can you can order your stories by um in in ways that that optimize your chances for a good delivery, so you will uh very often early on, um, put in stories that have a lot of technical risks. And so you're sort of paying to learn and then you start adding ones that have more business value and then you have the ones the least business value last. And what's great about that is you have this concept of trim the tail. I, I can choose to, to drop off some of the last stories, the tail end of the stories we defined, um, either because I, I value. Uh, being released earlier and perhaps uh, for different reasons, maybe i I think that 's what we have is good enough or I think I can um, reassign this team or, or going to move on to something else, or there 's other things that come in, but this idea of the order of stories um, and the impact it will have on um, on delivery, if I have a team that does a lot of easy stuff first and then they 've left all the technical risk till late, uh, that might be that might really come back to to bite us and so if we come back to your example where you are trying to compare just the output of different teams uh, unless you know what they're doing what type of work they're doing and why they've chosen it i i don't think that you um have the ability to uh, to to just judge that from the outside now to be clear i'm saying you can't you can't judge it the uh just looking at the metrics won't give you the answers but it is a reasonable question that people should be open to having these questions you know hey i notice the difference in output between these teams. Can you tell me more about what you think is going on? Because it could be, in fact, that the team that isn't delivering, isn't uh, performing well, isn't isn't investing time in learning things that are going to pay off later. It could be that actually there's there's just dysfunction on the team. Um, and so we're back to the idea that the metrics don't give you the answer. You can't simply say draw the conclusion based on what you see, but you should be able to engage and say, you know, help me understand what's going on here. How does it? How does it feel to you people on the team? Do you think everything's are okay? Have a have an actual conversation. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I guess it's a surprise that you and I, who believe in agile conversations, would say, guess what? Your solution here might be a conversation. It is a case, though, that I think the metrics can help um, spur those conversations and help inform
0: those conversations. And I'll tell you, maybe we'll close with this one. There, there is a metric that I use that I find is, is useful at all the stages. And also, by the way, if a team is um, not necessarily on a project like this with a, an enveloping um, you know, a target date or, or something they're trying to get a client delivery or a, a, a deadline to complete by, sometimes teams are just experimenting or maintaining or um, building something new. And so then burn up charts are a little harder to use. You still can, but they're more challenging. So the metric that I like to use, but it has all these same characteristics, is called cycle time. So this is I define roughly as um, the, the time between when you said, gee, this would be a really good idea, and when somebody can actually try it, whether or not it's completely finished. And um, I, I find that even in those early phases, the team's experimenting, and they should be rapidly doing more experiments, even if they're, they're um, those technically risky areas, and so their um, business value might be lower. There's still a, a rapid time between, let's try this, Oop, didn't work, let's try this, didn't work, let's try this, oh, that's great, next one. And you want to get that cycle time down as, uh, as low as you can, and that gives you a sense of momentum in the team which uh, uh, tells you uh, whether the team's processes are allowing it to experiment and to learn quickly, no matter what phase it's in. So that's a metric that, again, not one that you can do terribly scientifically. Uh, I don't think JIRA will output the cycle timer. If it did, I wouldn't believe it. But... uh, it, it seems to me that uh, uh, when you use cycle time, you get a good sense for the rapidity of experiment, and that is a good, uh, good metric across different uh, cases. But, but again, why is the cycle time low? It might have nothing to do with the team's skill or um, commercial value to you. It may have uh, something to do with the project or their um, interactions with others. That's right,
1: and now it could be that we're that we're uh, not in touch with the state of the art here. It could be that some of our listeners have come up with uh, fantastic ways to um, measure the the goodness and um, wonderfulness of software teams, and that we should be picking up uh, some other metric.
0: Now, if that's the case, I, I sure hope they contact us because I would love to hear what it is. Yep. As usual, you you know the drill. We are uh, on conversationaltransformation.com. Finally got on to agileconversations.com as well, which just redirects to the same place. But uh, our book, Agile Conversations, covers uh, a lot of related territory, and we're always interested in hearing from you about um, things that might inform further podcasts, further books, um, other things that, uh, that are related in particular. If you have a, a metric in mind that you found really successful, we'd sure like to hear about it. And uh, you can get in touch by email or Twitter or lots of other ways. You'll find them all at conversationaltransformation.com. Uh, likewise, we always come out every Friday. We're, we're pretty reliable, I think. We're, we, our burn-up chart is uh, pretty accurate. You know, We can predict that we'll be, we'll be on time for, for podcasts every week. So uh, do hit the subscribe or other button that makes sense for you so that you can hear us every week. We sure do appreciate when people do that. Although generally on Wednesdays rather than Fridays. <laughs> what did I say? I said Friday. Well, okay. I apologize. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's Wednesdays, not Fridays. Okay. So um, the, some, some correction to be made there. Apologies. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.